The writer E.E. E. Cummings once said this, To be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best night and day to make you everybody else means to fight the hardest battle which any human being can fight and never stop fighting. Well, this episode is all about that fight. It's all about trying to retain your individuality and grow as an individual whilst having the support of a community. I have the wonderful Emily Braithwaite as my guest and she is one half of Yellow Tuxedo. They are all about getting small businesses visible online and they do it jargon free so she's very human and she is as I say one half so she works with her husband Alan who will be a future guest and that means she has to maintain her individuality in that partnership but also she sees other communities, members of her community and Well, there's lots of adventures shared here, her own unsquashing story and a recent trip with a group of women to Malawi. Fascinating. Enjoy. So I have got Emily Braithwaite on her own, which I'm very excited about. How am I? Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Emily, she is very much part of Yellow Tuxedo, and I will get her to tell you what that is, because that probably wouldn't mean much to some people. Um, And the other half is Alan, who I'm having as a guest at some future stage as well. Hold on to your hats. So so it is quite a treat to split them up. And that speaks to what we're actually going to delve into, because we're going to delve into this business of how do you maintain being an individual when you're in a group or with a partnership or in your community or whatever it is. So without more to do, Emily, first of all, just give us a quick intro of what the heck I've just said about Yellow Tuxedo, because I need people to know. Well, first of all, most we're not a tailor. We we don't work in actual suits or tuxedos. Um, Alan and I work in Yellow Tuxedo, and we've been in business together for the best part of eleven years now. Um, in this current business that we work in, we help small business un- owners to get unstuck, really, with their own online visibility. So we help them work out what their barriers are. That could be tech, that could be confidence, and we help them work out the how of showing up online. So, in a nutshell, that's what we do. Brilliant. I love nutshells uh, because we've got so much to delve exactly. into. Um, <laughs> right. Take a breath. Let's start, as I do with all my guests, mm-hmm. with some kind of squashing, unsquashing story. So I I saw this question when we first signed up to this, and I've been thinking about it long and hard. And I said to you before we press record today, it was quite interesting because I couldn't immediately think of a unsquashing story until I realised that it's taken me to be unsquashed to realise that I was squashed in the first place and actually quite crippling squashed, but I hadn't really got to understand why and what I was feeling. So kind of take you back to, I don't know, 15, 16. I was actually quite an academic and I uh, I was a very high achiever at school. I came out with 12 GCSEs. Um, I was head of the public speaking club. Uh, I won lots of awards. I was top 3% in the country for Mensa, believe it or not. I know, right? I know. Three, not anymore. I mean, I've, I've lost all my marbles now, but back in the day. And the thing with being quite a high achiever is that you feel this enormous amount of pressure and that pressure built over a good few years. And I was actually making myself quite ill and I was getting this kind of anxiety of 
making sure I was enough and people had an expectation of me. I was always going to go to university. I actually sabotaged my A-levels to try and not go to university, but I had an unconditional offer. So they sent me to university regardless. You know, it, it was one of those where I felt really quite stuck because I knew that people would think I should do bigger and better. And part of me was always thinking, someone's going to find out soon that I'm not that clever. <laughs> do you, know, you know that feeling of feeling I'm not that clever? I, I don't know what that's going to mean like when I'm in an adult life or when I'm working in whatever career path I'm going to inevitably end up with, probably teaching or law or something like that. And it wasn't until I became quite ill in terms of like daily vomiting and feeling into I can't cope with this, that I went, actually, enough's enough. Um, so... I was working for the Forestry Commission and I was in quite a, a good position there as well. Redundancy was looming around the corner. And it was at that point I went, do you know what? I don't want to be in this career path anymore. It's not good for me. I want to have a family and we have got a lovely family that we're building at the moment. Yeah, we've got three young ones. Um, it wasn't until I said, actually, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. I'm going to do something for me and I'm going to work out what it is that I want to do. And I'm going to work out it doesn't matter if I don't feel like I'm, I'm hitting the nail on the head in terms of how far I can go with my intelligence like actually just finding my own feet and spending a little bit of time being uncomfortable in my own sort of pathway there but that was the real moment I realized that I could unsquash myself and it's taken being with Alan who is very confident he's he's always known he's always known what he's intending to do in his life always that he's helped me along that path of understanding that it's okay to kind of just step back and be true to what you need in your own in your own body as well so that that's that's kind of me yeah and you know the, I, I love this because you have you have hit the nail on the head um in terms of we don't really realize that we're unsquashed and until we are unsquashed and then we look back and then we we spot the the squashed stuff yeah. And, it, and it, yeah because some people might sadly never unsquash and so their default state is just what their default state is and it does feel like some kind of oh, lightning of Oh, yeah, but it, it doesn't yeah. always go away truly, though. And it's something I've had to learn. And I still feel that feeling of discomfort a lot. And it's actually what we teach with our clients as well with Digital Circus and Yellow Tuxedo is the fact that I hate with a passion get up on the stage. I'm not necessarily, I mean, I, I would do it. And like I said earlier, I was you know head of our of our public speaking club because that's I can do it I'm absolutely happy I will do what I need to do to get the job done and if that means standing in front of 200 people I'll stand in front, in front of 200 people do I like it no I don't do I sometimes feel like people are going to find out that I don't know as much as I should know or that yeah probably but I think coming into small business world you, you kind of go okay it's like pull your big girl pants up a little bit sometimes understand that you know no one else is going to do it for me and I should be really comfortable in my own skin and know that, do you know what? If I don't know something, it's not the end of the world. I can go and learn. And I've always had that as a bit of a super skill for me is I love to learn. So if I don't have the answer there and then, give me a week. <laughs> you know, I've got and read like 10 books and I've done another. I will try my very hardest to upskill myself. But it never got that, that feeling of inadequacy, I suppose, or not quite getting it right, it will never, ever go away. But I feel a lot more, more comfortable with it now. I think that's a big thing. It doesn't go away unless you go away from doing anything, basically. <laughs> that would be the only way for it to go away, which yeah. would be a very sad way to exist, really. Mm, so yeah. a shame. Um, but yeah, and, and that's why, you know, people like you and me keep learning new things mm. um, and doing ridiculous things. Like, you know, I've taken up climbing. Um, and so. because there is a sort of 
um, inner driver to put yourself back into discomfort zones, which we'll come to in a minute. Mm, but mm. but talking about identity is quite interesting because that you you almost had a label on you. It, correct me if I'm wrong. When you were growing up at school and all the rest of it, which was clever Emily, yeah. and you might well have been clever and you were clever and you're still clever but it's a label that didn't you didn't want to live with that label no and and uh, I think sometimes when it when you are a bit more academic like I was the first one in my family to go to university you know that that's the level they put me up and I've always been you know I have been a natural learner and I have always enjoyed the process of getting new information and seeing what I can do with it I mean the fact that I got my, my men's, I don't know how I ever managed that. I think it was multiple choice. And I just happened to fluke it, she says. Not the fact that I could actually you know, <laughs> have this natural ability to know maths. But it's it's when you are that person and then people are clearly recognising that you're quite capable, you, you're put down that but people have a certain expectation for you. And, you know, I was always going to go to university because that's what everyone kind of wanted. Me. And I did, you know. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, to be quite honest. I still don't. I'm 40 years old. I still don't know what I want to do. But it's, no, well, do you know what? I just want to go to Barbados, drink pina coladas. Don't we all? How I get there doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it does because you you feel like I, I should have gone down that route of doing something there. And, and actually, I'm probably far more creative than I am academic I didn't really want to be a lawyer I didn't really want to be a teacher I don't particularly like other people's children that much (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing doing that it was like but it it takes some it's a bit of being brave really to go what do you actually want and it's like working out what your non-negotiables are and going actually I can still do a lot of these things just in a different field like if you were to ask Alan about whether he would have wanted because Alan didn't go to university um, I was I went down that very academic. Alan went did his GCSEs, didn't do very well in his GCSEs. Ended up getting um, uh, like a, a, a BTEC or something like that, and he went off and he was a, a, an apprentice. He did that. He didn't. He never went to university, and actually has a very different thought process about whether he should or shouldn't have gone. And actually, myself as someone who did go through that process is now thinking about our children. I would never now think about. Lydia Rose or Ben or Joseph having to go through that path because there are other ways and, and I think actually it's working out what means what is it means to you for me it's having conversations it's about building communities it's about uh, understanding people a bit better and you can do that in an academic field or a non-academic field it can be working in Tesco's it doesn't really matter what you're doing as long as you're filling your cup with those things that matter yeah filling your cup and what, mm-hmm. and what you're also um, talking about, and I'll just use the, the posh words for it, is intrinsic and extrinsic yeah. motivation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think, which, you know, I don't <laughs> patronize our listeners. I'm sure they know what that is. But, yeah. but you know that feeling, listeners, when you know, you, if you're really honest and you sit down and give yourself space to actually, that's important, give yourself space, think, why am I actually doing this? And if the answer is because I'm supposed to now, there is a caveat to that because you, Emily, have just said if you're setting up as a small business owner or whatever it is or whatever path you're taking, there might there will be moments where you do actually have to do things because you have to do them. I mean, let's yeah. not paint this ridiculous rainbow <laughs> unicorn picture. Of course, there will be those times, but if that has 
really overwhelmed and strangled any of the other stuff which you referred to as mm. I like learning yeah I like learning that bit I like you know um and you're not doing any of the I like this bit stuff you do need to to sit down and then of course as you also alluded to you have to be brave and the whole comfort zone um thingamajig so back to this individual within a group kind of scenario so we identified we were chatting before you came on that mm. you you've got a number of groups you've got the little group the little group of you and alan <laughs> i don't know why i don't know why i make it I, listen, I'm, making, I'm, I'm doing something with my hands which makes them look like two little dolls that you know <laughs> but they, they are actually normal human beings um so there's you and alan that's that's two individuals but very much seen also as a sort of whole because of you both running this business and everything yeah. you do within it then you've got the digital circus community which is you've alluded to which is fabulous and that is a bunch of individuals who who support each other who see themselves almost you know with that little badge on i'm a member of digital circus and and proudly so okay. But also, of course, are having to avoid all the traps of comparisonitis and all the other things which come with being around a group of mm, people mm. and you're all growing together. And then you've got another group which we're going to delve into very quickly, which is this fabulous group that went away together with you to Malawi um, to do training and and all sorts yeah. of self development stuff I, and for a charity and oh my gosh <laughs> all of the stuff all of the stuff so let's let's take one at a time so listening to the stories and the woes and the highs and everything of your community do you is there anything that you can give us an example of these of this this tension if you like that we're talking about yeah, so, so digital circus is to call the digital circus because we are a band of misfits. And you think about uh, what a traditional circus is, you've got your flame throwers and your, your trapeze artists and your people putting their heads in a line, you know, all those kind of stupid, weird things. But we're all incredibly fantastic. I think it's actually finding a collective of people who are happy to say that's me I don't fit a mold so to speak and that's really important because you know for a lot of us going into to self-employment if we're starting our own businesses we've got a dream or a crazy idea we don't want to fit a cookie cutter and I think so much of the time we go into like the marketing world on and we see it on social media all the time and I do this there's this expectation here and do this and actually you want business on your terms the reason you're doing it is because you'd want to do it the way it feels right to you so to create the digital circus which originally was meant to be a learning hub that's all it was meant to be during co during covid we started it as to be a bit of support for people who were moving online and it has evolved over time we're three and a half years in now and it's involved to this incredible space where people can confidently say it's a bit shit sometimes you know it's it's, it's okay to say that is a it's okay to feel i'm a bit stuck or i don't quite work out how i'm doing and and it's it's the the technical ability as well to go, okay, I, if, I, if I'm going to put myself above the parapet, I'm going to have to do something different. I'm going to have to maybe put my face on camera. I maybe have to actually talk about what's true to my values and say it out loud and be proud of saying that. And that is a space that we've created that I think does it really, really well. We're not like, we're not thousands upon thousands of people. We're a small collective of people who are happy to champion each other and 
throughout that we haven't got just one type of industry in there we've got plumbers we've got musicians we've got coaches we've got you know we've got a, a range of people with different uh different industries but the same core things are important and that's showing up and being seen in a way that feels true to them and that listeners if you are in a position where you're not surrounded by a lovely community like this but you are setting up a business or even you could be 10 years into setting up your business and you're feeling you know oh gosh I keep going to these various events and I I don't really feel I can totally be me because Mm. everyone's really in this rather sort of I don't know what it is professional or salesy or pitches or whatever's going on And, and we've all had experiences of networking events that we feel good at and ones we feel rubbish at you know that I'm also a member of another community which has this exactly the same sort of ethos as you're saying a bunch of misfits if you like yeah it's brilliant oh what a relief and it doesn't matter who that group is or what that group is if you find somewhere that you feel truly unsquashed you hold on for dear life. You do not let go. <laughs> you, you do not let go of them because they are the ones who get you through. They're the ones that you can send a, a message to at 10 o'clock going, oh my goodness, can I just say? And they're like, yeah. And, and having a champion behind you, even if, even if they're not in your industry, just someone who gets outside of your core group of mums, dads, best friends, because quite frankly, half of my friends don't even understand what we do as a business. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> you know, to have that core, and everyone has the ability to have a community, whether they have a community of one or community of a thousand, find that space. I think it's the best thing you could possibly do for yourself in terms of self-development. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So, so listen, talking of um, Alan, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, who's very lovely. And as I say, we'll be chatting to him soon. Um, so here you are without him by your side. Mm. And, and most of just say, Emily, you're coping remarkably well. It's, I'm quite but, capable. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, gosh, I mean, I was nervous. I thought, oh, God, without Alan, what's that? Yeah. Gonna... No, no, I'm joking, listeners. No, but, but people, I... <laughs> people do. They're like, because we come as a duo. Well, well, tell me how you, have you had any sort of light bulb moments over the years or recently about this? You know, it's sort of almost being taken for granted that you were came as a like ant and deck, basically. Well, yeah, and when we say like ant and deck, we even have a side we stand on. You know, we are that we are that linked together these days that when we're doing any videos, when we're standing on a stage, we have a side that we stand on, and you know, we wear our yellow uniform. You know, we, for anyone who's listening right now, we wear yellow every single day. Not in, it never was intentional. It used to be that we'd put a yellow on for a video or a, a call, and then realize we do that all day every day. So now we have a yellow wash that's that's how it's got to um but it it did evolve and when we both started we didn't start uh business together we started two separate businesses that ended up merging for many reasons redundancy redundancy uh, redundancy um but ma- ma- many reasons and we, we worked together and for most it's amazing so many people say to us i couldn't work with my husband or wife you know it's one of those like we're very brave to work together and i don't think it's brave i think it's just happen naturally and I think actually we, we get on pretty well he is my best friend it's quite nice to work so you can work with your best friend and we have a common goal and that's been the biggest thing from the very start is we, we know where we're trying to get to together so therefore there's less friction even if we do have times when we're feeling a little bit like um we're not quite on the same page it doesn't last for very long because we kind of go is this moving the boat forward no okay let's take a step back regroup we think about it and move again but what's happened is like we work together 
in this house, our, we work from home. No, thanks, thanks, COVID. Uh, we work from home. We have three children together. So we parent together. We share the same bed because we're husband and wife. You know, we are together all the time. And naturally, we have become Alan and Emily. And when you're talking about Yellow Tuxedo, you think of Alan and Emily. And this has gone on and on and on. And it wasn't until this year, actually, when I was in Malawi, that I went, oh, I wonder what Emily looks like just by herself. And it's something I've actually, for the next 12 months, as we move into 2024, or if you're listening now in 24, moving into the future, um, is that I want to really kind of hone about keeping my identity. And it's really important to me that I do that because we are two separate people. We have very different um, beliefs. We have very different uh, strengths. We have very different ways in which we would sometimes work as well. So I think it's really important to keep my identity there at the same time as being in that safety net of Alan and Emily together. Perfectly put. And before I, oh God, there are so many things on the tip of my tongue that I want to delve into, but I have to delve into Malawi. I have yeah. to travel to Malawi with you <laughs> because this is um, not an everyday adventure. And you went with a group of yeah. individuals, but amazing. as a cohesive project with an aim that you'd all worked on. And it also had um, an output to do with charity and you went and worked with a bunch of fascinating individuals um, both of youth and adults of course so we did. just give us a little snapshot so little snapshot was a very random conversation on LinkedIn at the beginning part of this year of someone looking for a, a leader for one of their up-and-coming expeditions to Malawi it was a company called Orbis Expeditions and um I got a random tag and I had a conversation and lo and behold, I'm standing there leading a group of 10 women to Malawi having the trip of a lifetime. That's a very short window of how I got there. But the purpose of the trip was to take uh, 10 women. And I've always been, I've said this on many interviews now, I've always been quite, don't particularly like women's only groups. There, said it, I've said it. Um, but I was a little bit worried, a bit concerned because I, uh, I surround myself with men all the time and I'm much more masculine energy. Um, but the idea was to travel with purpose to help empower a group of Malawian business ladies who uh, were starting their own businesses or might've been midway through business to understand how they could grow their business. So it was partly travel, partly adventure, but a real core purpose of the trip was to do some skill sharing because uh, uh, the ethos of Orbis is trade, not aid. And it's about understanding that we all have different experiences across the globe and actually coming together, you can create something quite special. So I was part of um, the process in creating the team. So uh, we we had applications coming in and we we chose our, our team together and off we went. And this group of 10 women, uh, one was in Australia and nine of us from the UK, complete, complete whole different like the the, the oh, I, can't even, I can't speak Trisha seriously I was so excited by it the skill set was so diverse so we had uh, myself we had a web designer we have an HR manager we had uh, an architect a quantity surveyor a business coach an accountant and we had a, a range of skills and we were completely different in, in what we knew what we were teaching out there what our business goals were where what our end exit strategy is we were all completely different but came together to help impart some knowledge for the ladies in Malawi and then again in the secondary school. I mean, on the ground, it was incredible. And what we did together and that collective experience, it gives me goosebumps still. 
But what we've come away with, not just what we did in terms of the charitable arm and uh, the skill sharing that we did, was that we created this group from scratch of complete strangers coming together for that shared experience who didn't know each other in March. And the first time we met was on a plane. That's quite that's quite risky, in my opinion. No, you, you don't have you don't have that previous history with someone to go traveling with but we've come home and it's almost I keep saying this phrase of extreme networking (laughs) it's like extreme networking because we've come home with this broad range of skills people that we can call upon with their networks as well and that can't be replicated anywhere else and it's really quite special so I've been I enjoyed that so much because it was so random going back to that whole you know coming into my new realm of unsquash it's like taking these experiences and rolling with it you know I didn't know I was going to go in February it was only one conversation in March that turned the, t- the scale completely um and I'm going to go again next year which has been really exciting and even if <laughs> I said this to Ali it's like some random retreat for myself in terms of having that 12-day trip where I was only Emily and I wasn't Emily and Alan. That was the first time in a long, long time since being a mother and being in Yellow Tuxedo and everything, that that was something I could completely focus on. That didn't have any bearings on Yellow Tuxedo, but I really enjoyed those conversations, realised what filled my cup, uh, finding out about other people's um, histories and their aspirations. And it was truly, truly, truly awe-inspiring. I'm more inspired. Just I wasn't there, but you know, you I feel like come I, next year. I, I should come. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Unsquash uh, oh, yourself, Trisha. Unsquash yourself. Got, got a few issues with um, air travel and things like that, but no. Um, yeah, I don't think. Um, yeah, we'll work. We'll work on that one. I, I, I vicariously <laughs> enjoyed the journey um, through you all, and I think that point about a bunch of almost strangers and not not just sort of meeting by the coffee machine in a networking yeah. event where you can escape to the loo and then go home mm-hmm. um this was you're on a blinking I don't know how many hour long flight um to the uh, a place you'd never been to I mean you there was no escape so. hey. and and like not being funny we, we yeah we, we were we were in sub-saharan africa you know we, were, we weren't going to the ritz so we were, we were going to quite a a culture shock of a location it was it was incredible it was incredible and anyone who's not been to malawi should definitely put it on their bucket list because it is the most wonderful friendly happy it's the warm heart of africa they call themselves the warm heart of africa and you can see why but yeah it was beautifully stunning but all of a sudden we were dealing with malaria or malaria tablets taking them every day which make you feel icky travel sickness we were dealing with dealing with, with culture differences seeing one of the poorest countries in africa and kind of absorbing that and processing that and then at the same time trying to enjoy a holiday other parts of it and then mountain climbing for a little bit of that we did a lovely um two-day trek and all of these things you cram into a short expedition it's 10 days on the ground and you think you, you go wow that 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 was a lot <laughs> that was a lot but amazing yeah and I think well what was I going to say about well well let, no, that's the problem is it <laughs> that, that we could blah 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 blah, blah. um yeah. just incredible and this episode is sponsored by the Malawi Tourist Board by the way so uh, <laughs> good job you got that in um no seriously uh, just uh, such a rich story and this picture listeners of of just picture you there just picture you know you remembering that you're an individual um and so you don't have to think oh I'm going to suddenly launch into this group of people wherever it might be whatever your story is and I'm going to 
I'm not going to be able to be me. I'm not, and because actually it's the opposite that people need you to be you. That's you know, <laughs> and it, it's it's so true. And going back to how I used used to feel back in my teenage years of feeling that pressure, not a single dot of that came through because the there is a different kind of a good pressure because actually what I was imparting from my part of the the team experience to this group of amazing 15 women in Malawi who were looking for that I hate saying inspiration but you know that inspiration to see other people doing it and whether you knew a lot intellectually a lot or just a little bit it didn't matter and you know for me traveling as a 40 something old married female with three children now there are women in Africa there who have got multiple children doing it themselves 90 percent um unemployment rate in Malawi huge huge numbers there so the fact that these women were put again put themselves up there to go right do you know what I'm trying to make a difference for myself for my family for my community and we were there matching them there all of my inhibitions all of that that I used to feel melted away because it puts it's so much better into perspective there of understanding what's important and actually I was giving my little bit there and I had my individuality there when I was speaking and building those connections but also being supported by a team of other people who got it as well it was it was so vastly different to how I used to feel back in those days where I was in more corporate roles and feeling that expectation of you have to be the best you have to keep doing this that that not even a a feeling at all no oh I Oh, I always oh, have this problem with with pretty much every guest I have. Um, let's try and wrap up. Okay, this is how we'll do it. Um, it in in this kind of thing that we've been exploring about being an individual, but being an individual within a group or whatever. Mm. Is there a a sort of uh, practical tip? Is there a top tip you can give us? And would you like to? bust a myth yeah so being an individual in a team and I think it's it's about realizing and trying to stop yourself on the tracks remembering you, you came into this world by yourself and you're going to end up leaving this world by yourself so remembering who you are always is so so crucial and it just because you're part of a duo a team a wider community it doesn't matter you you have that opportunity to be you and it that doesn't have to change the way you work with someone might have to change to kind of incorporate other people's thoughts and feelings but what's true to you and when you when you know that you've hit the mark you can feel it in your tummy and if it's not feeling right in your tummy then absolutely you need to kind of reconfigure everything and think about what it is going to make you feel right because it is a physical and going back to what I said earlier about how I used to feel so physically sick I used to have panic attacks I used to be a sleepwalker Alan saw me in my early days being a sleep dresser I used to get up in the middle of the night whack him thinking he was a complete stranger I did beat him up several several times I thought he was a complete random South African man was sleeping in my bed it wasn't it was just Alan but I would get dressed in the middle of the night and put my shoes on and I was like put your shoes down but I realize now those things were from not quite everything feeling a little bit heavy and it doesn't feel that way very much unless we're in periods of things like COVID and stuff like that so just anyway feel back remember your tummy remember your heart and always stay true to who you are in terms of a myth I think we already said it earlier the feeling of being unsquashed never really truly goes away and that's okay. Just remember that it's like if, if anyone can tell you they can fix it with a magic wand and you're going to be completely unsquashed that's never going to happen. So embrace it, <laughs> embrace it and go, okay, but how can I move that boat forward every single day to get to what my 
end result is going to be. If you can accept that, life becomes a lot, lot easier. And that's... And, and, I, and I, thank you. Thank you. And, and actually, um, you know, you... I mean, you've kind of made it obvious that you are in a very good partnership with Alan and Unlucky. your lovely family. And I, I always feel... I think this is a difficult thing. I'm going to be quite quite out there now as I sum up. You know, I, I anybody who knows me, you know, I haven't had an exactly... Um, rainbowy unicorny um marital um story but i have for the last 20 years been with somebody who has absolutely done this thing that we're talking about of allowing me to be an individual Mm. whilst us working together as a team and it's it's a feeling that i i feel very privileged because i know a lot of people don't find that but again if there's if you're really scrunched up in your stomach and your heart actually i i tell you I'll, I'll lighten this up okay my <laughs> steve used to say to me because i'm quite nosy and i listen into other people's conversations in cafes and everything yeah um i'm sure you're too so that's Sad. good <laughs> So he said you should, and I used to say things like, oh my God, that they shouldn't be together. <laughs> that, that that marriage is, this is hideous. They 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 really need to. And he said, you should have like a little pack of cards printed out and you, you have something written on them saying, leave it. <laughs> and you just sort of put it on the table as you leave the cafe. <laughs> but do you know what? It is hard. And I, and, and I, I am lucky and you're also lucky with Steve as well. You are lucky when you find the person that gets you. It doesn't mean it's not any any harder sometimes because Alan's overt confidence all the time, and I'm confident, but inwardly just sometimes a little bit squishy. Um, it can be hard because, again, you're watching someone who's just flows. He, it flows out of him. But if you're that person when you don't get that from your partner, that's okay because we're not all going to start divorce court, are we? We're not all going to that. That's not the route for most people. We can't. But going back to what I said earlier about finding your community, because your support network doesn't always have to come from your friends and your family. There's someone out there who will understand that and find them. And that's your responsibility to find those people because they are out there. But that comes from having conversations and it comes from putting yourself out, again, putting yourself above the power of it and, 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 going ahead and having those really frank talks about what you need and how people can support you. Support is the only way you can kind of flourish, really. Oh, absolutely. And um, th- this whole topic, actually, I've realised was dangerous for me to delve mm. into because of your fabulous stories and experience and everything you do. And actually, I've just all the time I've been thinking, I've been thinking of all the stuff I've done that isn't the obvious stuff I do, um, which has include delivering entertainment and being a speaker on the WI circuit, Women's Institute, for probably about 25 years now. And I, I do it rarely, but I used to do it a lot. And there is another amazing example of a community. Yeah. And people take the mickey out of the WI, jam and Jerusalem, whatever. Oh my gosh, no, so much more to it. And you just see I I can absolutely guarantee you, if you went, you would see a group of total individuals, totally eclectic mix yeah. of individuals with their own life stories, their own character, personality, uh, introverts, extroverts, you name it. But what they have together is clearly a special part of their world as well. So on that you know, on that note, I didn't think I'd be able to bring the WI into this conversation. But you just, but you just did, Trisha. 
Writing. Um, Emily, just tell people, wrap up by telling them how they can keep connected to you. Ah, oh, thank you very much. Well, quite simply, we're everywhere. We're online visibility specialists, so we're everywhere. If you look at, at Yellow Tuxedo on any social media platform, you'll find us. We're very active on Instagram. We're very active on YouTube, sometimes on LinkedIn, if I'm in a good mood. Um, but we'd love to have conversations. If anyone's either struggling or they want to know a bit more about Malawi, feel free to send me a message. I'm always happy to have a conversation. Absolutely. You are an incredibly easy person to communicate with, as is Alan, actually. And I'll <laughs> I'll see how we go with that one in a few weeks' time. But this has been an absolute joy. Thank you so much, Pleasure. Emily. Thank you. Okay. More about unsquashing? Just head over to trishalewis.com. There are links to my book, my TEDx, and all sorts of fascinating articles and can I just ask you to share this podcast because let's face it I'm not the best (laughs) self-promoter perhaps I ought to work on that so subscribe share and listen up for the next episode stay curious and unsquashed